Welcome to Vanguard Radio. The Aryan Alternative. News and views for whites you won't find anywhere else. The Aryan Alternative is a print publication of uncensored news for whites. Be the first in your neighborhood to distribute news without the Jews by ordering 100 copies for $12 through the Vanguard News Network. Visit GoVNN.com for ordering information. The Aryan Alternative and the Vanguard News Network. No Jews, just right. Last week, the federal court released a decision making Winnicki the first Canadian to be ordered to stop posting messages to a website. Richard Warman is the lawyer and hate speech campaigner who initiated the complaint against him. Mr. Warman, was it you who sought the injunction? No, it wasn't. It was actually the Canadian Human Rights Commission, but it was pursuant to a complaint that I had filed with them in September of 2003. And why did you file this complaint? I guess because the material that Mr. Winnicki was posting onto the internet was horrific. Uh, it attacked the black community, it attacked Jews. Uh, it's ultimately come to attack women, Christians, the homosexual community. He attacked you personally on, on his site? Uh, yes, after I had filed a complaint against him, he started attacking me with the same kind of profanity-laden uh, yes. material that he had uh, sort of directed towards the Jewish community in general previously. So the court has said he must not post anything? They, they've essentially handed down an injunction that orders him to stop posting hate propaganda to the Internet until the Human Rights Tribunal has rendered a final decision. And if he, if he disobeys... What is that? What is the penalty for that? Well, then the commission or myself could bring contempt of court proceedings against him, and that could lead to fines or imprisonment, and that, that has, in fact, happened in the past for people who have disobeyed these kinds of injunctions. All right. Well, thank you very much for talking to us today, Mr. Warman. Richard Warman is a lawyer and hate speech campaigner, and he's in Ottawa. Welcome to Goyfire. We have a, an exclusive interview with Tom Winnicky. Uh He's being persecuted by the Canadian authorities. Um, let's just say he's being persecuted by a so-called human rights tribunal. This is a new thing in Canada, uh, and it's something that uh, Tom's going to describe uh, in depth, how it works, who's behind it, and um, what that means for you as a citizen of Canada, and soon, perhaps, in North America and Europe, as these tribunals um, spread out and become more uh, a part of the system and more a part of government, unless we do something about it. Uh, just the fact that you're being prosecuted uh, for for posting on an internet forum is amazing. It's 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 really shocking. Yes, it is, and. Um if I want to go, I don't know if I want to go back all the way back to, to, to how this whole thing started, but I guess I should kind of thank a friend of mine for pointing me out to uh, one of the uh, William Pierce interviews. And even back then, I was kind of um, starting to become a little bit Jew-wise. Uh, hope I don't go to prison for this, but <laughs> and, and uh, it was uh, simply CNN itself that, that that actually kind of started me on the way. Um, 
whenever I heard, say, uh, Ed Greenspan, um, always, you know, signing the big checks to the to Izzy, um, I would sort of question that, like, why, why are they getting all that money? Uh, all the resettlement plans, for example, um, they would say, yeah, we're going to resettle and give all this land to Palestinians, but uh, here's the bill, pay up, uh, uh, you know, Yankee. And um, my dad would comment on this, on this, on this Jewishness. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, like uh, the, 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 uh, the awareness that that was even before we came here, um, Poles themselves are pretty much aware of, um, you know, TJB, um, etc. So it was, I don't know, about 10 years ago, maybe, maybe even more, that I started to become aware. And then, then this friend of mine pointed me out to, 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 um, to William Pearson. I went, oh, of course, I went to Matt Van, you know, listened to pretty much every one of uh, William Pierce's ADVs. I, I was starting to find out all those things that the media kept hidden from me. And of course, you know, you get you find, once you find it out, you you get furious about what's happening to your country, other countries, uh, the white race in general. Um, I especially got furious after I found out what's happened in Rhodesia. So so I you know I started to post on internet forums. I found VNN soon after. Actually, I found the VNN. Um, there was an article in the um, the Resistance magazine. There was an interview with Alex Linder, and there was the website address to to Vanguard News Network. So. I started reading it. Of course, I got hooked up right away. Um, I don't know, just something about Alex's uh, uh, style of, of writing, his, his, his um, analysis, you know, clever. You know, Alex, he sent me to the dictionary. Uh, like, you can hear I'm not a native English speaker. Like, and if I crack up sometimes, you just have to excuse me. I, I'm just not, mm -hmm. I kind of didn't wire my brain for, for speech so much. It's sort of like specialized to... Um, spatial visual, you know, thinking that, you know, I actually use for my job very well. Uh, but anyway, um, so uh, once I found VNN, I started posting on VNN. Um, and I made, a, of course, a website of my own. It was actually only one page. Um, it wasn't really anything like, like, like nothing like VNN. It was just one page, one message. Um, of course, you know, Richard Warman found it um, offensive. And I wasn't really trying to, to sort of keep my uh, hide myself. Like if I wanted to, I, I really could, and, and they would they wouldn't know who I am. But the, the point is that I want to go public with my with my views because I can mm -hmm. kind of smell like a lot of people are becoming aware. Like guys at work, I mean, they may not be like hardcore racists like me or, or you know fight for you know white civilization, but but they see what's going on. Uh, like this this one guy at work. Um, <laughs> and I di really didn't expect him to say this, but we started talking about race and stuff and stuff. And he goes, you know, one thing I don't understand is black history. <laughs> and, and he said, what is, what is black history? They don't have history. Black history started in, I don't know, 1940, 1950, <laughs> when white men came over or, uh, and showed them, you know, yeah. how, to, how, how to live. Um, sure. And, and they keep they well, we have Black History Month coming up. On, what is it uh, in February, right? Yeah, we have it in Canada. Yeah, that's I think right. States, states is the same, right? And then they, you know, they have all those Black History seminars, programs, you know, workshops, you know, uh, which is all made up, of course. Like they're gonna talk about their. I wasn't. I, I didn't know it back then, but but uh, you know the, the inventions of doorknob and what else was it? Doorknob and peanut butter. Oh, on CBC Radio, that they added, they added uh, the paper bag. <laughs> so, I of course laughed. <laughs> <laughs> street light too. Yeah, street light. Huh. 
let's make the point that uh, you do you come from Poland yourself? Yes, I didn't, we, we left. We left in uh, 1986 or seven. We went to Italy for one and a half year. I think the whole immigration system was kind of screwed up, but you have to, you know, kind of squeal your way through the system. Uh, so yeah. we stayed there for one and a half year. Then we came to Canada in March, I believe, of 1988, and and that was that was pretty much the very end of immigration from Europe. They cut it off. They said no more Europeans, and pretty much. All immigration to Canada now, which which the real liberals, which you know, sure. the biggest idiots uh, in the government probably, besides probably the NDPs, which are pretty much Marxist communists, they they want, they're really pushing for over 300, 327,000 new immigrants into Canada per year. Now, considering Canadian population, that's one, about one percent of Canadian population. Now, just a quick 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 thought, right? And and about. Uh, 20 and about 20, 50 years, maybe, may, probably even less, because there's lots of illegals coming in too. Canada will become a non-white majority. Mm-hmm. That's that's one percent of population replaced mostly by Africans and, and Southeast Asians. Probably the, the 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 worst kind of people you want in, in your white country. And we see effects of that in Toronto. Toronto has seen an, an incredible increase, in, and, and they call it you know gun violence, quote unquote, and and knife violence. And pretty soon we'll have bottle and stick violence because they, they don't know what to call it anymore. Um, they had about 70 murders uh, this year so far. That's more than all other years put together. Uh, I mean, not put together, but all other years previous to that. They maybe used to have like mm-hmm. 60 before, and, and they have like pretty much 70 now, and the year is not over yet. And it's almost all involving, uh, they call them young, uh, young males or so. But, you know, it's all, it's all pretty much all blacks from... Uh, Jamaica, you know, um, in other countries. Like Jamaica, for example, sometimes has like 50 slings in a week in Kingston. Kingston, mm-hmm. Jamaica. So, right. And they say, yeah, immigration is good for Canada. Canada needs immigrants. Yeah, what kind of immigrants? Or, or and the biggest lies, oh, immigrants built Canada. Yeah, maybe it's true, but what kind of immigrants? They, they never say that. And it's European immigrants. It's, it was those, well, let's give credit uh, to... The biggest credits should go to the English, the, the, the English and the French, the white English and the French. They, they built Canada, they started Canada, and those who came after sure. the Germans and the Poles and the Russians and, and you know the, the Scandinavians and all over Europe. And, and those are the people who really built Canada. But but they're of course pushing that you know multiracial angle, um, and, and it simply doesn't work. That's why that's why right. yes, for example. Uh, Okay, they always use very very neutral terms. Uh, it's youths or it's immigrants, but uh, when it comes where the rubber meets the road, it's it's something diametrically opposed to the native citizenry. Yeah, and all racial disparities are caused by poverty or a legacy of yeah, oppression. But the reality yeah, is a legacy of elevation. I mean, when you take people who are eating grubs and have no written language and you teach them pants, as we like to put it at BNN, you're elevating them. You're not oppressing them. But uh, I, I want to make one point before uh, I'm going to call you, is it Tomas? Do you know call me Tom. Like Tom, Tom All right, I'm like going to call you Tom. Like but I want to make one, I want to make one point about your being Polish and, and the Jews that are harassing you and persecuting. Jews have a history of harassing and persecuting Poles. And I want you to remember that they were taking the elite of Poland and 
and trying to decapitate the nation, as is their way. And they did that at Katrina, and they rounded up 10, 15, yeah, 000, the, elite, yeah, and they killed them. And that's what they're trying to do to yes. him here. They're trying to lynch him in Canada for comments he made on our board at VNN Forum. And that should outrage you Canadians listening to this. Because this is a, this is a Jew-attempted lynching of a, a good white man of the type that built Canada. It damn sure wasn't built by a bunch of clowns from Jamaica. So, Tom, let's get back to your story here for a second. How did this legal process uh, start? What was the first thing that happened, and how did it just snowball from there? Well, <clears throat> um, I left a, a message on a, a Northern Alliance uh, website guestbook. Of course, there was like a flame war going on in there. And so, of course, I added my two cents. There's like a few blacks leaving uh, um, anti-white messages before, so I let them have some of mine. Uh, and I left that on there. And um, apparently Northern Alliance had a, uh, a friend, Richard Warman, who was visiting quite regularly, and um, he saw my message, of course. And Now, even before then, I wanted to go public uh, with my beliefs. I'm, I'm not afraid of them. So I left my name in there, and of course she took down my name and probably did a probably did a, a, a Google search on it, and found my uh, main website um, on the uh, sympatic, well simpatico uh, server, and the website was basically just one page with a message. Uh, you probably have seen that that uh, the robot standing behind the mountains uh, uh, picture with the. Mm -hmm. With the message, we're coming for you, then white revolution is coming. And I had a few links down there, one to uh, mm -hmm. IHR.org, one to, I think I had to NADVAN and to VNN. And the, one of the texts was, the, for white news, forget CNN, go to you know, VNN. Um, and this Richard Warman, apparently, um, he was acting, um, he was going after white nationalists way before he got to me. He was going after... I think it was Peter Kalbashian uh, or Alex Kalbashian, a whole bunch of other guys. That, that like I'm not the first one. Um, from there he he went to VNN, and from there he went to the VNN forum, and over time he now is he, this I, is is this guy a lawyer or is he a part yes, of a, yes, a group? Or? Apparent, yes, apparently he's a lawyer for he was a lawyer or an investor. I'm not sure whether he was, but he might have been an investigator for the CHRC. The, okay, so the Canadian Human Rights Commission, the CHRC, and they do investigation of alleged, you know, discrimination cases, whether it's, you know, sexual discrimination, discrimination against race, and so on. And they do the investigation, and they present the case to the CHRT, which is the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal. Now, Zundel called them the, the Hick Tribunal, and I agree with them. I call them that too, but I'm not, unlike Zundel, I'm not going to apologize for it. So, uh, yeah, because mm -hmm. Zundel, I went, I went to many of his hearings. He, he, he said um, he was sorry for calling them the Hick Tribunal, but uh, they're a bunch of Hicks, I think, in my opinion, and, and I'll call them that, and I won't be apologetic about it. So, yeah, so, so this Warman fellow started, you know, reading my, my, um, my posts, yeah, is this a publicly funded organization then that is uh, uh, no, this, cases this, to the human rights? Yeah, it's it's pu public. It's government funded. I'm pretty sure of that. I mean, okay. public. They don't. They don't. They don't so, ask for donations. Okay, so Warman is in more or less an employee of the Canadian government. Okay, now he was an employee of the of CHRT or CHR. 
or CHRC, I'm not sure which one, but he got, you know, let go because uh, many nationalists, white nationalists that, that um, got cases launched against them by him, they complained that there was a conflict of interest because he was working for, well, either CHRC or CHRT, and he was launching all those cases. And once they found out about it, then, then of course, they, you know, they, they either, I don't know, fired him or, or just, you know, sort of let him go. But he continues to launch on more cases. I, I think he's got 20 or 30 more. So um, 20, Yeah, he's a busy guy. Oh, he's and, and we still cannot find like what's his uh, main employment. Like I mean, I work and and this is this is uh, this case this whole case is is putting a lot of stress and a lot of burden, a lot of you know financial expense on me. But him, I, I don't know where he gets his money. Like where does he find the time to to launch all these cases? And he's got cases going against him. Now, now what what does he do? Is that is that is you know calling? It must be. Mm-hmm. So, um, so right. going back to how, how it got started, he, he, of course, he read my topics on VN. By the way, you guys know that most of my topics are actually links to Zog's own media outlets showing mm -hmm. what's happening to our civilization. And I make some few smart alecky but truthful comments that, that we should right. you're, you're not compatible. You're basically just, right, you're editorializing a mainstream media uh, information that you're getting from, from, uh, CNN or whatever. Yes. Well, most most of them come from uh, Pulse Twenty Four website, which is a, a, a news site from Toronto, and they 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 report on most of that black crime most of the time. They of course won't say it's black crime, right? Sometimes sometimes they'll give you the description of the perpetrator, which is almost pretty much always you know black, and uh, but they won't say yeah it's 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 a racial problem. They'll just say oh it's a youth 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 problem. They don't have enough to do. It's poverty. Blah blah blah. Uh, you know, and I just simply tell how it is. It, it's 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 simply a race problem, not not a not a poverty problem, not a location problem, not not, not anything else. And of course, in Canada, there's few words that are you know uh, forbidden. Uh, you know, the N word, the uh, whatever you want to call them. Um, so, and if you say it, you know, you you can be well because you said it. They can prove sort of prove not not really prove, but they can insinuate that. It makes these minorities, um, it depresses them. It, uh, it, uh, it causes <laughs> them not to be able to reach their full potential because you call them that. Well, I, I don't you think sh you shatter their, it. Yeah, you shatter their self-esteem so that they're no longer yeah, it's, able it's like, to function. Yeah, it's those, it's those blacks <laughs> in Zimbabwe, right? They, they read my messages and, yeah. and Zimbabwe collapsed because they read my messages, right? That has That's nothing right. to do with that. The, Chinese, the, Chinese, <laughs> the <laughs> Chinese don't give a damn what we call them. They don't give a damn. They do, like my lawyer told me, the Chinese really don't care what you call them. They care more about if you take their money. Sure. That's the same as destroying their lives, in other words. Yeah. They have these group libel laws, is, is the point here. And if you run afoul of them, even by simply citing racial crime statistics, you are you know, put before this star chamber, and uh, this, this guy with uh, no known source of income... You know, is filing these quasi-lawsuits against you and demanding that you pay them tens of thousands of dollars because you pointed up out what the uh, creatures, the Jewish Immigration Department has let in. And, and Eleanor Kaplan was the, the former Immigration Minister of Canada, a Jew. And uh, this is ridiculous. This is a step backwards into a dark age. And we saw it also this week with the arrest of uh, David Ir Irving, 
the British historian that the Jews hate for for happening across the truth about the Holocaust, namely that uh, there was really no such thing and that there were no gas chambers. And uh, this is a lower level um, of the same thing where they can take an honest citizen stating an opinion that happens to be factually based and they can go after him as a political vendetta. You know, these these blood no. relatives are the same Jews who, who decapitated Poland at, at Katyn by killing off a lot of the intelligentsia. Their hands and are speaking dirty. Speaking of Katyn, and I just put in here for uh, speaking of Katyn, sure. uh, William Pierce made a, uh, his very last ADV uh, show was about Katyn, and I would encourage uh-huh. all Poles, Poles living in Canada and United States and abroad. To, to find that, uh, we can post a link on it on VNN to find that. Uh, sure, show we can. We'll start. It. We'll start yeah. a thread in the uh, in the Goyfire section. We'll find that ADV and we'll we'll post it there. And all you people of Polish descent in particular, why don't you read the, the truth about what the Jews have done to your ancestors and what they're trying to do today yep. to your <laughs> your living relatives? Yeah. Well, Tom, to get back to this libel, uh, what that they are trying to create what do they have an official term for that like i guess it's hate speech and that's anything yes, that, yes. that affects the self esteem of these protected groups okay speaking okay it'd be a good point for me now to quote a uh, uh, part of the london free press article that appeared on uh, let's see it's of course by randy Richmond, my good friend on the london free press march 2005 and I can just quote some some of it for you because it has parts of the parts of the Canadian Human Rights Code. Okay, I'll just start somewhere in the middle here. Okay, uh, okay. Quote: The laws, hate activities, in, hate activities in Canada are outlawed by the Criminal Code, the Canadian Human Rights Act, and provincial and provincial human rights codes. Under section, um, there's a bullet point. Under section 318 of the of the Criminal Code on hate propaganda, everyone who advocates or promotes genocide against a group distinguished by color, race, religion, ethnic origin, or sexual orientation is guilty of an offense. Second point, under Section 319.1 of the Criminal Code, public incitement of hatred, everyone who, by committing statements in, in any public place, incites hatred against any identifiable group that could likely lead to a breach of the peace is guilty of an offense. Uh, third point, under Section 319.2, willful promotion of hatred, everyone who by communicating statements other than in private conversation willfully promotes hatred against un- any identifiable group is guilty of an offense. Uh, four, uh, no one shall be, con- this is important for me, no one shall be convicted according to the criminal code if he or she establishes that the statements are true, if the statements are relevant to the public interest, and he or she believed them to be true. Section 13 of the Canadian Human Rights Act states, It is discriminatory practice for a person or a group of persons to repeatedly communicate telephonically or to cause to be so communicated any matter that is likely to expose person or persons to hatred or contempt because that person or people are identifiable on basis of color, race, religion, ethnic origin, or of course, sexual orientation. Now, I wonder why we racists are not uh, protected under this stupid act. Um, okay, uh, and the section includes communication on the Internet. Solutions, there's a big, big uh, capital solutions question mark. The Benet Brith, of course, and Jews of all the solutions. The Benet Brith of Canada recommends several solutions to the difficulty citizens, police, and prosecutors have in fighting hate. There we go. 
One, Canada needs to create a uniform definition of hate crime that would help police, politicians, and others understand and tackle the problem. Two, all major police forces in Canada should have dedicated hate crime units. Now, that's interesting because uh, just a few months ago, the, the, the hate crime unit got a huge uh, cutback because there's no hate happening in London because London, Ontario, not England, is pretty much you know, a wasp city. Uh, now the the crime uh-huh. I'm going to sort of take on a little little tangent here. The crime rate in London increased. Sure. We had actually 13 murders this year so far, and then most of them are committed by minorities. There was one case that the Greta case, which actually was committed by by a Paul. Um, his name Greta doesn't sound too Polish to me. He might have done some I don't know. I'm going to have to check into that. But but anyway, just 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 this one case that I heard it was actually a tragedy. I posted on BNN. Uh, where he killed a, a, a wife of a man and, and two of her kids. Um, but the rest of them, pretty much, uh, they're all coloreds. And this probably 95% or more white city with, with such a small colored population has all, all pretty much most of the violent crime committed by, by them. It's not, it's not the whites. It's because we have all these colors all of a sudden. Just, just a few years ago, uh, maybe not a few years, a year ago or so, I started to notice all this graffiti all over my neighborhood. And, and, and you go down to a mall and you see all these, all these new black faces. Now, where is that coming from? It wasn't there before. It happened at the exact point where London started to accept uh, large, uh, large uh, amounts of, of, you know, undesirables, let's call them. Anyway, to continue, um, all major police forces in Canada should have dedicated hate crime units. Next point, dedicated hate crime crime prosecutors well-versed in hate crime legislation should be in each, each jurisdiction. Um, remove two of the, the, this is important, remove two of the defenses to the offense of willful promotion of hate. So I, I guess, I guess she's, she's uh, talking about, um, no, no, that's she, that, um, this is Anita Broomberg actually from the CJC or, or the Bene Brit, I know. So I guess she's talking about this uh, defense of no one shall be convicted according to criminal, co- criminal code if he or she establishes that the statements are true. So basically they're trying to do for the criminal code, for the, for the criminal code, the same thing they did for uh, the Human Rights Co- uh, Act, that defense is, uh, truth is no defense, which is uh, absurd. I talked to guys at work about this. Did you know that? Did you know that truth is no defense in uh, 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 these tribunals? And they go, what? That's absurd. Of course. Yeah, right. Now, uh, we, did they, hear, they, we did hear yeah. this statement before with Zundel. That this came out, the truth is no defense. Yes, and if I, I send you the link to, to the uh, reasons of Judge Yves, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, Montigny or someone, um, he actually used that fact that the truth is no defense in his ruling. If you want, it's kind of a lengthy read, but if you want to go, go through that, then, then you will see it there too. So in my case, truth is no defense. So if I can prove that my statements are true, you know, I'm screwed because I offended someone. Okay, to continue, um, uh, okay, so remove two of the defenses to the offense of willful promotion of hate. Amend the criminal code to include Holocaust denial as a hate crime. Oy vey! Uh, give judges <laughs> guidelines to toughen sentences when racial hatred is a motivator. So, okay, I guess, I guess uh, you guys probably know because I posted it. It was loud, like uh, I made it loud, the, the, the murder of Andrew Stewart uh, in, in Toronto. Now, mm-hmm. take this. Um, he was cha- you probably heard about it, but I'll just say it for the, for the listeners here. Uh, Andrew Stewart mm-hmm. was a white high school kid. Uh, he was at, in a restaurant at the time, playing pool with friends, and uh, some blacks, I'll just call them Negroes, I don't think that's, that's uh, 
uh, banned yet. Uh, so th those Negroes and Southeast Asians um, started to pick on uh, a pregnant friend of his. And, of course, like a white kid, he behaved like a man, and he defended her. So they left for a while. They brought a whole bunch of their friends, about 20 of them, mostly, I underline mostly, Negroes and Southeast Asians. They chased him out of a restaurant. They beat him and stabbed him to death. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll bet you a thousand bucks that they were not silent when they were beating and stabbing him to death. They were, they were probably yelling some, you know, whitey cracker terms, you know, racial slurs at him. Because I don't think mm -hmm. like a mob of 20 blacks would be totally silent while uh, killing white kid, would they? Of course, we never heard anything no. about uh, any ra racial slurs being thrown at the kid. But, but he was beaten and stabbed to death, uh, uh, viciously stabbed to death by, by a gang of savages. And there was nothing, absolutely nothing in the media about this being a hate crime or even a bias crime. Yeah, it was a random act of, yeah, whatever. So you got a first letter, I guess, summoning you to this tribunal? Uh, okay, the, the first letter, I don't even remember when that, probably about 2003, that it would, the letter would say that um, I've been identified something and, and, and there's an investigation starting. I got so many letters from them that, that, that I couldn't, possibly quote uh, or, or remember like what the first one said and, and uh, most of that material I actually submitted to, to my lawyer for review so um, I couldn't find it now even if I wanted to but yeah yeah the first letter would say that you know the tribunal process has started uh, th that the um, the commission submitted material to the tribunal and the tribunal decided that yeah an investigation is warranted so the process can go ahead yeah. Okay, just to yeah. okay, just to finish up with those guidelines. Just to suggest yeah. me, uh, okay, so amend the criminal code to include Holocaust denial as a hate crime. Uh, give judges guidelines to toughen sentences when racial hatred is a motivator. Ban racist groups in Canada. Okay, and that's that's the end of the quote. So those are the suggestions uh, of uh, Anita Bloomberg uh, from from a Canadian Jewish group. So they have all the solutions, of course. I like to get get some of my solutions. Uh, to solve our problems. Uh, that'd be nice. Right, but she's understandable. In the press, right? yeah. So basically, okay, let, so let me make a little summary statement here. Basically, what you have is okay. a situation like the U.S., except in microcosm, in which you've got a disloyal uh, white elite uh, that is operated by Jews, and what they're doing is bringing in these coloreds, and the Jew-controlled media is, is hushing up the crimes that these coloreds admit while trying to draw a red herring across the trail and distract the white dogs by claiming that hate crimes, not real crime, is the problem, okay, and attacking honest men, hardworking men, intelligent men like Tomas Winicki, uh, a valuable European immigrant to Canada, of just the type that they ought to need to, to flesh out their land, uh, and making him the bad guy and charging him all kinds of money and harassing him for three years. And you in the U.S., although we do have the formal freedom of speech and practical day-to-day -day, uh, matters, it's not all that much different yet. Um, they've harassed VNN for years from these, uh, these uh, Department of Justice bureaucracies that will dream up bogus, uh, bogus infringements and bogus complaints, and they have staffs of lawyers that will, uh, that will persecute you. And this is exactly what's going on uh, up in Canada. Right, yeah. Tell us, how many trials have you had up until this point, and what, what well, are the prospects now? Uh, this is the first uh, trial for me. Uh, I shouldn't call it a trial. It's it's, it's a hearing. Uh, they cannot send me to jail for this. Basically, they cannot. Uh, pretty much, the, the the worst they can do to me is like they did. They issued an injunction, 
and the injunction can stand if if they do rule against me. Um, but they cannot send me to prison, and they can of course issue me a hefty fine. Now, speaking of fines, this rich, the the, the commission itself is seeking ten thousand dollars, which is the highest they can they can get. And Richard Warman, he's seeking sixty thousand dollars. It's separated into three different uh, sort of um, how should I put this um, little aspects, right? One is that he wants twenty thousand for his you know hurt feelings. He wants twenty thousand for um, um, what is it? Uh, damage to the something, damage to the community, or something, and twenty thousand for something else. Either way, it comes up to sixty thousand dollars together. Um, yeah, which is an absurd amount if you ask me for for postings, uh, so, some messages that are that are in fact true. Now, now people find uh, them. Yeah. Some people prob some people probably found them more uh, you know offensive. Yeah, but okay, I find everything, pretty much everything I see on TV, offensive to me. Like uh, those, all those commercials you see on TV, it's pretty much every time it's like it's a, it's a stupid white man and a smart Negro. Uh, we we just being bombarded with this stuff on, on TV. Like I'll give you one example. There's a, there's a case. Um, some uh, supercomputing company is advertising, uh, you know, themselves, and they have those, all those white whites, whites and a few Asians in there thrown in, you know, white coats, and they're testing their their new uh, you know computer-driven um, car, right? And and it's going berserk, right? And they go to this help desk, and of course, on the help desk we have this, you know, dressed up, you know, student type, like Negro guy, and they say, "Oh, we need help." <laughs> so and he offers them, you know, super com computing, and and then makes pretty much makes some idiots of them, right? So 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 all these Negroes are, you know, super intelligent, uh, um, you know, superhuman almost, and, and whites are, you know, these idiots. Where in fact we're we're the we're the kind of people that that built Canada. And speaking of, you, you said before about the immigrants who built this country, and, and there was an article in the um, Globe and Mail, and it state, clearly states that Canadians do prefer white European immigrants above everybody else. They think that white European immigrants, which is guys like me, are the biggest asset to Canada. And let's not kid ourselves. It was, if we can call the original settlers also immigrants, it was white European immigrants who built this country, who built America, who built Australia, who built Europe, and it's it's the, it's the non-whites uh, who are bringing us down. The, 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 it's a, a, a tremendous burden to us because because simply like like Hitler said, we're superior people. And mm -hmm. I would just like to just you can just imagine where we would be if we didn't have those problems. We'd probably be you know building space stations, expanding to to Mars because it's costing us so much. That's right. quite right. Now we and heard that, uh, sixty thousand is what Warman. What Warman wants now, when will this be finally concluded uh, if he's able to get this money for, or extract this money from you or not? When, when will a ruling yes, be? Um, yes, uh, the, um, the case is pretty much over. Um, now, there will be written arguments, written final submissions, and uh, final oral submissions on December the 12th. Uh, and I would like, just like to say that Chi Kun Shi... Um, it was kind of sly and underhanded for me to hire a minority female uh, lawyer, and that's why that's why I think the media isn't attacking me as viciously as they were before. Because of course, any attack on on me would have been seen as an attack on her, and uh, and you know, an attack on, on a female minority, which is you know a big no-no in Canada. So so they they try to stay away from from you know uh, attacking me like they did before. Because I got this Chinese. Mm -hmm. She's actually from Hong Kong. This Chinese lawyer, right? 
So and she's very good. She's got like a whole team of Chinese working on my case, <laughs> and they and they did put a very good case uh, for me. Anyway, so the final submissions are on December the 12th, and if anybody could from Toronto, if if they're interested in this, uh, they can ask me on, on the forum, and I can tell them where exactly it is, and and they can come and, and show up. Uh, of course, I'm, I expect some commies will show up there too, like like they pretty much did all the t all, all every day at the last week of hearings. So so yeah, like Chikun is not. I don't want to say too much about this, but uh, given the 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 evidence we put forth, um, I would say it's unlikely that that Orman will get his money. Are there any bodies in Canada that actually do support free speech and and defend white people as whites? Yeah, it's it's funny that. No, there are really not any bodies that defend whites. Uh, well, except uh, they're not kind of official, but but you know the Paul Fromm's group, the Canadian Association for Free Expression, and 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 the Canadian Association for Foreign Exchange. I think uh, it's it's run by Paul Fromm, but, and he's supporting me very well. But nothing like really official, mm -hmm. like like um, like like a political group or, or a, you know like like a political party. You know, there's this one party that was actually it's kind of funny because it was started by by a pothead. This, uh, what's his name? They want uh -huh. him in the states now for for extradition uh, for because he was sending marijuana seeds. Uh, what was that party called? Freedom. Anyway, but but they they did support um, white nationalists before because they're simply they're simply pro free speech. They they're not really interested in what you say. Of course, because it fav favors them, right? Because they can promote yeah. the, the you know the free, uh, marijuana uh, you know to legalize marijuana, which I think is a it's 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 against us because. Marijuana, unlike cigarettes, like I see guys at work uh, uh, smoking it, it fries your brain. Marijuana fries your brain. You be, really become stupid if you if you smoke it. Um, mm -hmm. Those guys, that, I think they're more or less radical libert libertarians. So yeah, yeah, you could, you could call them that. Yeah, but as far as like white groups, uh, like like uh, in st you have in the states like the National Alliance or, or National Vanguard or VNN or or um, well, this whole bunch that the Euro group, right? Uh, we really don't have anything big like that in Canada. So, if you're white, it's it's a scary scary time for you to be white and proud and you know out in the public with this. Well, we certainly encourage everybody uh, in Canada who is sympathetic to ordinary white society to get on vnnforum.com and uh, look you up and 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 join with people in your local area and create networks that can fight back against this overt Jewish tyranny. Which is exactly what it is. Uh, even if they right. use, you know, a, a non-Jew as a, as a face, as a, apparently is the case with this Warman, and that's just an yeah. ordinary, well, ordinary way of doing business. Well, Tom, we want to thank you for being on the show tonight, and we we hope uh, that, of course, that this case uh, is uh, resolved in your favor, and we hope that uh, Canada does not turn into an extension of the Warsaw Pact, uh, run by a bunch of commies. Where where everyone has to toe the line, or get thrown into jail, or or fined uh, for for political reasons. And just one last thing I would like to add is that the 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 chair in this in the tribunal, Karen Jensen, she was appointed by Erwin Cutler, and this judge mm -hmm. that just made the ruling in my injunction against me was also appointed by Erwin Cutler. So it's it's. He it's not going to be fair, basically. And who is Erwin Kotler? He's a, why don't you tell the people that? Well, take a clue from this. Erwin Kotler was the head of the Canadian Jewish Congress, and I do not think they allow 
non-Jews ah. to be head of the Canadian Jewish Congress. They discriminate against non-Jews. They, they form an ethnic separatist, dare one say racist group. And they are the people appointing the judges who make ruling on the type of people who founded and created a Canada worth infesting by Jews. How about that? Alien parasite comes in, replaces the head. Three of the judges on the Supreme Court of Canada are Jews. And it's a nine-member panel, and three of them are Jews. And considering that Jews are what? Just about the same percentage of population as in the States, about two or three percent. Now, why do they have so much power? Now, now, of course, what kind of rulings will they make? Nothing that will benefit us whites, I don't think. And that, that's been proven with their um, promotion of, of homosexual agenda and all the rulings they made in favor of them. So, so white people, you should start, like, uh, it's a, it's a appeal to white Canadians. You, you should start thinking about all, all these facts. These are, these are facts. It's out and you don't have to, you know, dig through the internet so much. It's, it's right in the papers even that, that, uh, you know, what's happening to our country and why. And you should start asking questions. Why is this happening? Why is that happening? Uh, and once you start asking questions, then, then you start looking for answers and answers are there. And if you have access to internet, which probably more everybody has, you can find anything. Is there a defense fund right now that people could uh, could get in contact with uh, if they want yes. to help defer some of the expenses that you've incurred mm -hmm. up to this point? Yes, there is a defense fund. Uh, Paul Fromm is actually handling that for me. Um, and as luck would have it, I do not have the... Uh, the address. I will post it on, on, on the VNN forum, so if you just go to www.govnn.com, uh, we'll make a thread for this and uh, we'll post the address where you can help me out. Now, I'd like to know uh, everybody to know this, that I, I'm, a work, I'm a working man. I'm sort of the average, you know, white, uh, white Canadian that, you know, has a steady job and, you know, works for his living. And eventually, um, I will make up, you know, enough, this is just to offset the initial cost, because it's, it's uh, you know, the initial cost is several thousand, and tens of thousands, I would say, dollars, and it's just to help me out cover the, you know, the initial burden of, of, um, of all the fees, um, and eventually I will, like I said on the forum, I will give everybody back what they donated, I'm, I, I don't see myself as like a, kind of like a worthless bum, you know, who just, you know, takes money for nothing, uh, so, it's kind of unusual for me to say this, but, but that's the way I feel. I will not simply, my nature is that I cannot simply accept free money. It's, it's, it's kind of an absurd idea to me to, 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 to let yourself do that. So, um, well, I think that the, 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 the motivation behind giving money for something like this is that they have a secondary benefit that if you, you win your case, that they will be freer themselves. And certain pe the people like Warman who are prosecuting you will not attempt uh, such frivolous lawsuits in the future. So I don't think you should really take that that view on things. But of course, it is your your personal uh, 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 prerogative. Uh, but yeah, if if we win this case or if you win your case, Canadians win their case. So uh, I hope. Uh, that everybody does get out there and, and, and supports you. Yeah, I mean, it comes to where we can't even uh, uh, 
act against the problem, we can't even talk about the problem. That's, that's the extent to which Jews control Canada and most likely your country. Uh, listen to this. And the First Amendment is really about the only formal legal protection left. Help Tom fight back. Let's, uh, you know, he's standing behind his words non-apologetically. What he said was simply true. And if Canada doesn't like it, well, anything Canada doesn't like or doesn't want to hear is you're perfectly, uh, perfectly fine to post at vnnforum.com. We encourage you to get on there and uh, read the thread that T Tomas is going to make about uh, his case. And there already is some stuff on there, but we'll have one specific thread about it at, uh, uh, in the area and alternative section where we, where we have the uh, Goy Fire shows. And uh, it, it really is remarkable. You think about that. A, a comment that you made in a forum in a different country, and all of a sudden some quasi-legal Jew-directed group wants to charge you tens of thousands of dollars because they claim you've contravened some obscure code. It's very odd times we're living in. But it is real, and just because they don't promote this in, in, in the papers and they, they may write a, a sort of a small and neutral article about it doesn't mean it's not happening. And, and Canada is an example of where you people, you Americans hearing this, this is an example of where the U.S. is headed unless we do something about the Jews. Thanks for talking with us today, uh, Tom, and, and we wish you the best of luck, and uh, we'll look for the thread in the forum. All right, yeah, thank you. For okay, Tom. In the studio, we have Lee Gardner and James Hawthorne. Uh, they've started a website and a radio show by the name of Aryan Matters, because Aryans do matter. And uh, we're excited to have you two guys on here tonight. Um, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about your show and how it uh, came about. Thanks, Aegis. It's great to be on. Uh, just basically, me and Lee were in the pub, the good old English pub, discussing the, uh, the great issues of the day over a few uh, pints, and uh, we just uh, decided after a, a few weeks of this uh, banter that me and him would look at each other and thought, and thought, you know what, we've got a great show here. There's no way that we could probably put our show on the uh, on mainstream on mainstream radio, so we decided what's our next option and we just thought well how about if we build a uh, a website as a platform for a radio show and then see how that goes so that's basically how it all developed and came about it's as simple as right. that right yes mm -hmm. well i was quite impressed with the first show um you you seem to have a very tight format uh it's there's a lot of content and uh, some very good uh, analysis uh, that's not uh, uh, very common these days, so I, I figured we would give uh, your show a shout out to our audience. That's Aryan Matters with an S dot com, and uh, there you can get the different shows and whatnot. Uh, now, James, you sound uh, could it? Well, of course we. I guess you're you're living uh, somewhere in the states. I did hear that. Now, your ancestry. Uh, what what could that be? My ancestry is, um, in fact, I'm in the UK, and my ancestry is uh, basically it's uh, English, Scottish, and Irish. I'm basically a microcosm of the United Kingdom, but I'm mainly mm -hmm. English. Uh, Lee, you're you're an American, is that correct? Yeah, I am. 
Yeah, okay. my um, All right. uh, I'm actually half German and half American. My American, the American side of my family came to the States in like 1608, and uh, the German okay. side is uh, my uh, my mother lived through uh, World War II. And and by the way, it is an honor to uh, to be on the show. Uh, James and I have been fans of VNN for quite a while, so thanks a lot. Well, thanks, guys, and uh, it, it's good to have you on, and we're always looking for new media. We need, we need as much media as possible. I mean, if you look at what the Jews do, they have high, low, and middle, and every possible topic covered, but always with the same what's good for Jews viewpoint underlying everything. So we want to hear as much as possible. We want to hear it from all points of the globe, wherever Aryans extend. And how much of your show do you cover Europe? And it looks it looks uh, to me like you, you do that at least about 50% of uh, your content. Yeah, we do, yeah. Uh, that's basically where I come in because I have my finger on the uh, European pulse. And uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's what interests me. So uh, I'm, I'm not, I think that would interest the people in the United States too, you know? Uh-huh. It, well, we're always looking for... St- for first-hand stuff from Europe because, you know, what we see over here is mostly BBC or Guardian or uh, mm-hmm. the controlled media sources in, in the countries where there are laws against talking down the Holocaust. Um, have you seen much reaction at all? I know Irving, David Irving, a British historian, uh, was arrested within the week in Austria. Have you seen much reaction to that in Britain? Yeah, he's the. Uh, it, it's been a major. It's been a major news story in, in, in the UK. In fact, all over the world. Um, it's been in the Independent a newspaper in London. It's been in the Telegraph in London. I mean, it's it, it's a major news story right now. The fact that mm-hmm. you know he, he he was going there to speak to uh, students in Austria, and the police arrest him on a 1989 arrest warrant. Which it it just blows my mind. He's quite a public figure, isn't he? Uh, he did have that one trial uh, where he was well. He ended up losing at uh, the trial and and losing, I guess, uh, quite a bit of his assets in the process. Uh, yeah, he lost ahead. everything. The um, and that trial in 2000, Deborah Lipstadt and uh, the funding be- well, behind her was the Yad Yashem um, Museum in Israel. They, they basically funded the whole court case against David Irving, and he defended himself. And you know, as we all know, if once Jews start throwing cash at a situation, they tend to win 99.9% of the time. Right now, and that's what happened to David Irving. And that's the reason why he lost the case, because uh, the uh, Jews just came together with their millions. I think they spent three million pounds against David Irving on, on that case. That's one of the main reasons why he lost, because he was just a single guy on his own trying to defend himself against this evil woman who wrote this book against him, you know? Oh, one, one thing I noticed in, I think, the BBC coverage and also in the New York Times coverage is they cite uh, criticism of him from Richard Evans, but neither of those sources, and I don't think any source tells you, that Evans was paid, what, hundreds of thousands of dollars to come up with... Uh, <laughs> whatever he eventually said about Irving. So, you know, he has a strong incentive not to tell, or he, he has an incentive that in any other context they would cite and, and point that against him as being a valid uh, critic, whereas some of the very best historians that Britain has produced, like A.G.P. Taylor, have, uh, have 
praised Irving in years past when it was safe to do so. I think that's very telling about the, the truth of it. The guy has sold all kinds of books. He's been lauded by the best professors and historians going. He's doing it as an amateur, and, and he's not writing secondhand stuff the way someone like Lipstadt is, and he doesn't have millions of dollars from Big Jew backing him. And, uh, boy, they don't play it that way, but I guess that's why we call it the controlled media, and I guess that's why things like uh, Goyfire and Aryan Matters exist. The sad thing, too, is that um, David Irving is not and, and does not claim to be a Holocaust revisionist. He, he actually fell into it by accident. And uh, recently there's an email by Matt, Michael Santamaro. We're, we're subscribed to all these uh, you know, news mm-hmm. services that people send out. And there's an article by Professor Force on, on uh, Adelaide Institute's site that's posted there where he says you know, he's a semi, semi-revisionist. And what he means, because he knows, he knows you know, Irving quite well, is that uh, that's that's not his main thing. That's not his main forte. He actually said, Irving actually said, that he believed most of the Holocaust story was true himself uh, before he had attended the uh, the second uh, Zundel trial in Canada, you know, when he heard the, mm-hmm. the, the Fred Lutzer's report and all that. And then all of a sudden he became uh, a Holocaust revisionist, but that's not his main thing. You know, I, I believe the first thing he did was the uh, the book about the, the horrible firebombing of Dresden, and that's what... Yeah. Became, you know, that's what uh, became or made him very popular, and he is really a a Third Reich expert. That's what he is. He's not a sure. Holocaust physicist, but you know what? They don't care, right? Anybody who doesn't toe the Jews' line, they're going to go after. And if calling him a Holocaust denier, whatever the hell that means, uh, you know, is is what they need to do to bring him down and uh, you know capture him somewhere where he goes in, in Austria, where they have laws against such. That's what they'll do. That's how bad and controlling yeah. and tyrannical the Jews are. And we, we, it's not right. disturbing, but it's it's Tomas Winicki, who we just got off uh, discussing with in an earlier segment on Goy Fire, and it's it's uh, real researchers like uh, uh, Rudolph, who was deported from the U.S. on a immigration technicality, the same as Zundel, and is now in jail, I believe, in Germany. So it's it's going on all over the place. From the Guardian, uh, here they mention the case in. 2000, Mr. Irving lost a libel case he brought against the respected Holocaust expert Deborah E. Lipstadt for <laughs> calling him Holocaust denier. The court ruled that Mr. Irving was anti-Semitic, racist, and misrepresented historical information. So this is a guy who who actually started out wanting to salvage his reputation amongst uh i guess the 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 jew uh dazed masses and ended up being crucified yeah that's right crucified yeah that's right crucified there but b- being the optimum word he was truly crucified he lost everything uh his archive david irving's archive um of 30 years of research they even took that from him it really is outrageous and you think about what the guy did i mean he went over to germany he learned german he had the initiative. See, what most of these historic when you listen to Irving talk, and he, for the last years he's toured around the U.S. and wherever they would let him in, wherever the Jews hadn't turned the immigration against him, and he would give lectures and discuss various aspects of Hitler's life and times and his inner circle. He got off his ass and did the archival research, and, and he always makes the point, I do firsthand research in, in firsthand sources, or uh, uh, as opposed to simply picking up a bunch of books, secondhand sources, 
that are written and, and merely reshuffling the, the data therein. I mean, he's the real thing. He's not an academic trained historian. He's the real thing. And, and the Jews, as always, when someone comes to reaches a clu- conclusions they don't like, they call him a, a pseudoscientist or a discredited historian. They love that adjective, discredited. If you oppose a Jew, you're discredited. But, uh, you know, he, his, his book sold in a million. I encourage everybody to buy and read Hitler's War and, and also his book about uh, Dresden. And, and a lot of these are available free online. And although he wasn't precisely a white nationalist, in the same sense that neither was he precisely a Holocaust denier. It's just that when you follow the truth and you pay attention to facts, you're going to reach conclusions that the Jew doesn't like. And that's why the Jews have even gone beyond simply uh, imprisoning people who don't like their political agenda. They actually have gotten rid of the tools that would encourage people to want to pursue knowledge and, and just have dumbed down the average population so much that uh, to completely eliminate, you know, it's like sowing salt in the field so that nothing can grow there. And nothing can arise that will ever threaten them because no one essentially knows how to read or wants to, to take it to an yeah. absurd extreme. That isn't that absurd yeah, if you most, actually talk to people. Yeah, one Go of ahead. the most insane things that I ever heard, which which had to do with uh, the Zinnel trial in Germany, is, you know, they said in Canada that truth is no defense. Who, what the hell kind of concept yeah. is that? If that's not anti-Aryan Soviet tyranny, I don't know what the hell is. You know that that is what it is. Yeah, that, and, uh, that's a Jewish concept, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, and the, what the you Jews were believe that they can imprison enough people and lie long enough through their media, then effectively the truth doesn't matter and it doesn't exist. And and if they if they yeah. succeed in wiping out all Aryan kind, then the Holocaust lie will stand forever. And and what's the difference between a lie that lasts forever and the truth? The truth right. is just they, an abstract concept. Right, they are the greatest control freaks of all kind. And one thing you said earlier, which which is it's, it needs to be repeated, is you're absolutely right. When they start putting these labels and things, such as uh, you know he's a neo-Nazi, he's a Nazi sympathizer, he's a Holocaust denier, and all this stuff, or if they say he's not a true historian, or he's a pseudo-historian, or all that kind of garbage, that mm-hmm. is a communist tactic. Jews are always like that. That's out of the communist. I mean, Jews are always the same. Like a leopard can't change its spots. Out of the mm-hmm. communist tactic or, or, or book of strategies, what they do is they they say it's called neutralize your enemy, and the way you do that is you neuter them, and that is by making them look like somebody that should not be paid attention to, and that's what they use those labels for. Is you know yeah. you call somebody a Holocaust denier, next thing you know everybody believes well he's he's one of those guys that thinks uh, the earth is hollow, and so why should I listen to him? He's nuts. That's effectively neutralized us. And they, they do that with, yeah, they, they absolutely do. They, they seize only their terms and their labels and their frames can be used. And because they control effectively, they, they control the teachers and the, the educational establishment, and they also control the media and the politicians through money, only their terms and frames are used. So that if you oppose them in any way, you're a hater. You're morally, you're morally evil or you're, you're, you're literally medically sick, and there's no legitimate opposition. And that, that is why... Uh, as James says, they're inherently totalitarian. They're not Democrats. They don't believe in free speech. They don't believe in truth. They believe in stamping out, as they love to say, any opposition. And they, first they do that verbally, but at the, same, at the same time or a little bit later, they do it physically. You look at how they treat independent media in countries that they're trying to replace the government of, like Iraq. If they find any kind of tower that's preaching anything against their message, they bomb it, using your boys and, and your bullets and, and your dollars to do so. 
And yep. uh, this is what we're fighting. In, in your opera right now, I mean, the total intimidation against uh, nationalist leaders like uh, the British National Party's leader, Nick Griffin, um, he's up in, up in the Crown Court for so-called incitement to racial hatred from a, a BBC reporter who infiltrated himself in, into the British National Party. And uh, now Nick Griffin is up on charges of so-called incitement to racial hatred in a private meeting of a British National Party at a location yeah. in the north of England. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, that's right. Another quote from the article here I'm reading from the Guardian. Despite precautions taken by Mr. Irving, he was arrested by police who allegedly learned of his visit by wiretaps or incept intercepting emails, the statement said. Yeah, there's no, there's no outrage at the means these people use or the slurs that they visit upon anybody who opposes them. And it really is outrageous. They're extremely bigoted and biased. And they, everything they say about us is true of them ten times over <laughs> any, any particle that is true about us. I mean, they are the ones who are the vicious haters. And uh, Americans yeah. list, And the majority of our audience is American. And what you're hearing today, now you're hearing from England, before you heard it from Canada, is, and these are about one or two steps ahead of us, and they have what the Jews are trying to put in place here, which is, you know, some kind of model hate crimes or speech laws or speech codes that will prevent any kind of what they call group libel, that will prevent the facts being told about the Jews and their minority tools and what they're up to and what they intend for you. So that even formally and legally, you will not have the right to, to speak against your own oppressors. We look across the pond there and we see the, um, what's happened since 9-11. The Patriot Act has been Im implemented. Now the ADLs in the background trying to uh, push forward so-called anti-hate legislation in Congress. It's just as it's 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 the slippery slope, as we say, to what we've got in Europe right now. And if you people in America don't stand up against it, then you're going to get exactly what we've got over here. Basically, it's it, it's a tyranny. And if you speak against the Jew in any way, shape, or form, they will come after you. Yeah. Yeah. And add on to that, Aegis, were you were you saying I wasn't quite clear what you said in article? Were you saying that uh, they had wiretapped Irving to find out? Uh, yeah, that's one. Uh, that's one of the. Um things uh, that, that was mentioned in this article. Mr. Irving took precautions, but despite these precautions, uh, he was arrested by police who allegedly, now these should be code words for anybody paying attention, learned of his visit by wiretaps or intercepting emails. So, yeah, that's more or less how they got him. This was not yeah, and I bet who, just who, okay, and I bet who was spying on them was some um, Jewish defense organization. They like to call themselves that, the Jewish Defense League or something like that, when really what that means is they're going to go after the people that they don't like, which is pretty much anybody who gets up and says, hey, you Jews are a goddamn problem. Get the hell out. You know, that, right. yeah. that's who they go after. And what, what uh, James just mentioned, too, the ADL, that reminds me of what happened back in the States in, uh, I think it was 1993. We just talked about this on a program we did yesterday, but we didn't put it up yet, is that uh, the FBI worked hand-in-hand -hand with the ADL. And the reason they did that for many years, and the reason they did that is, is because why? Is because they could not perform all these illegal tire wraps, uh, wiretaps and stuff on American citizens, but the ADL could. So they get the information from the ADL under the table. So that's they were they were working hand in hand with them. I mean, the collusion between our traitorous government is uh, is just sickening. 
Well, Mr. Irving should, in my opinion, uh, request or force the authorities to reveal who tipped them off to have him arrested in, in Austria. And then he should try to uh, prosecute uh, their illegal uh, collection of information. But in these days, trying to get a fair trial in court, I, I think Irving has uh, learned his <laughs> lessons. It's not possible. But in the U.S., you're right, in 1993, that, that's exactly what happened, and the ADL got burned for being uh, the, the, AB, uh, the FBI's uh, water boy when that's a function they're not allowed to do. Right, the ADL can spy on people, and uh, they go through people's garbage, you know, to try to get information on all this stuff. And I believe the ADL only got uh, a $90,000 fine. I mean, they bounced back that quickly. I mean, that, at that time, we, were, we don't know the exact numbers, but at that time, I think their organization was like $20 million a year. That was their normal budget. So $90,000, like that's going to hurt. Yeah, and they had, what, thousands of files that had been illegally gotten through a cop that they basically paid off to collect for them on private yeah. citizens who had done nothing wrong. And this is the group that is today indoctrinating and training the FBI and has, nope. has basically a mirror uh, office set up around the country with, like, you know, 35 or 40 district offices. So the, the, these are the blood relatives of the people who murdered tens of millions of whites in Eastern Europe. So the, there's nothing sweet or innocent about these people. They mean business, and their business is spilling your blood after they deprive you of words and weapons to defend yourself, as we've seen in Britain, where it's illegal to criticize minorities or Jews, and it's also illegal to own a gun. That's what's headed your way, America, unless you fight the Jew That's right. directly as white men. And, and even now in the, in the U.K., the government is soon to pass anti-religious hate laws so now you can't even uh, complain about the invasion of the United Kingdom by Muslims now, because if you do, you're going to end up just like Nick Griffin is now in, in, in a crown court, uh, up against, uh, as Alex says, big Jew, and uh, you're going to be spending a lot of time in prison reading, you know, at, at the moment, until things start, start to change around and Aryan people in, those, in Great Britain and in Europe stand up and say, we we've had enough of this because if, if, if white people in Europe don't stand up, then their civilization is going to go down the tube. It's as simple as that. Yeah, there's just so many right. North Africans and Muslims over there. And we're, we're seeing here that if any of you listen to this are conservatives or Republicans, and you think that in any way the Republican Party is going to help fight, fight off the horrible things we're talking about, the, let me tell you, the Republican Party is part of the problem. They are liberals just like the liberals. It ain't a liberal conservative thing. It's a racial battle, and the Jews control both parties, and they mean to do you in. You have to identify as white and join people like us who are fighting for your interests. That's the only thing that can prove effective. Now, can you imagine the type of uh, cooperation that went down between this private monitoring agency and the Austrian authorities? The type of collusion, the, the type of... of uh, it was much more than a tip-off, I'm sure, you know, and how well they were watching him so that they could trace his movements uh, into the country and, and set this thing up. Uh, this is the type of cooperation that, that uh, as, as a free person, should worry you to a serious degree because it's more or less the beginning of a totalitarian uh, government. 
a totalitarian, a globalized totalitarian government. Speaking of collusion, I mean, all you have to do is look at the Ernst Zundel case. Here's three nations. You had the United States, you had Canada, and you had Germany. Those three countries, at the highest level possible, colluded to take this man who was on, in the hills in Tennessee with his wife, in Ingrid Rimland. They colluded. They uh, made a false allegation that he missed an immigration hearing to send him to Canada. And then from Canada, he was deported to Germany, where he now stands trial. I mean, that's collusion from three so-called democracies at the highest level. Yeah, and, and they did the same thing with Germar Rudolph, didn't they? Exactly, yeah, Alex, yeah. Yeah, because you know, you've, got, you've got the Jews and the... Let, let me just say, I went to school, and, and the most, the worst people among my classmates ended up working in the Department of Justice. It's run by these smug, pious, liberal, white-hating uh race traders and Jews, and, and they will do everything fair and foul, and they'll, they'll work with anybody. That winning is all they care about. They don't care about the law. They don't care about any kind of justice or morality. Winning is job one when you're a leftist and a Jew, and that's what you need to realize, you who think you can fight it within the system. It really doesn't work that way. You've got to be willing to die to defend yourself, and that means be willing to kill to, to defend yourself, as, uh, as Solzhenitsyn said. So you're willing to do that, you know, you're just, you know, there's just uh, making concessions and, and hoping things would be otherwise, but they won't be. No, and, you know, this whole thing, it's, it really is still tied to World War II. If we say, for example, all these guys are, are being mistreated and tyrannically so by these uh, so-called democratic nations, well, that was one of the whole reasons that uh, we fought World War II, right, to stop this whole uh, allegedly, you know, bloody totalitarian tyranny. And what do we do? Ahead. I mean, aren't we doing the same kind of book-burning mm -hmm. stuff that we would say the Germans were doing, which, of course, is completely untrue. But uh, this is what we fought for, folks, this and the uh, non-white invasion of all white lands. That's why we fought World War II. I think Sorry, that's why these systems such as uh, David Irving are, are such targets for the Jews, because what the Germans were fighting against, uh, was more or less Bolshevism, but if you look behind that curtain, you'd find the Jews, and they expelled the Jews from Germany, and then uh, you had communists in in the in the East, and uh, now with the the end of the Cold War, we're getting that drift, that blowback from the East, and uh, and that blowback is the Jews. Yeah. I mean, essentially, the war was fought um, by the Germans. The, that was the first war. That was the Alamo of the white race, is what it was, as uh, George Lincoln Rockwell said. Because he was fighting for our race, and he was trying to defeat the Jew. And it wasn't against any other races, but the Jewish race. That was the only race he was trying to defeat, uh, Hitler was. And, uh, and what we've... But it's the Alamo now, the white race, because we, we have got ourselves into this, uh, into this problem where saying, well, if, if the Germans were for race, for their race, which is racism, and that was defeated, then we can never go back and say we're for our race again because it was proven, <laughs> allegedly now, it's proven that it's not the right thing to do, which is, of course, total bullshit. It has nothing to do. The fact that German, the Germans lost, and I made this point, I think it was the second or third show that we did, is the fact that the Germans lost doesn't mean anything. All that means is they were defeated militarily. They were not defeated ideologically or politically. And even militarily, I mean, they... they done all kinds of studies that showed their soldiers were, the, the closest competitors were maybe half as effective as their soldiers were. 
So, yeah, they lost, but uh, <laughs> it's not quite that simple. you got to perceive the battle correctly, and, yeah, it was, it was us that lost. Us in Britain, us in France, us in Germany, us in the U.S., us in Australia. We were fighting each other. And look what we have now. Our nations are being swamped by coloreds, and, and these coloreds are being orchestrated by the Jew. The Jew is the only winner of World War II. Only the Jew won World War II. And Irving wrote about actual atrocities that, that atrocities that actually happened, such as the firebombing of Dresden. And, and for that reason alone, the Jews don't like any competitors with their imaginary atrocities. And so they, they conspire and collude to take him down. And, and you, you who are in white nationalism, I, I think a lot of the problem that we have is simply being amazed that the Jews are so different from us in terms of soul and, and spirit and just mentality that it, it's so hard for us to believe that someone could feel that threatened by, by free speech, but they do. They feel so threatened by one little Internet site that they can constantly try to knock it down. They constantly try to get someone who speaks in public arrested or busted or they defame him in the press. They vituperate endlessly, and they get their neocon hacks and, and their obsequious servants like O'Reilly to, to go off on them on the airwaves to get the dolts thinking the same way. Um, they're very threatened by the truth. And we, we need to be subtle, and we need to be cunning. We need to realize what they're up to and that, that they're in a, quite a different creature from what we are and deal with them according to their nature. That's right. All right. Well, uh, we, we do have a historical problem, that's true. Um, but I think... It, to look at it from a more political standpoint, I think all countries in the West were more or less fighting uh, the same problem, uh, the U.S., England. Uh, but in Italy and Germany, they, they, that something special happened, and a political movement actually came together that was able to challenge the, let's say, banking elite uh, that, that was more or less dictating those societies. And uh, the two countries, let's say maybe Italy and Germany, that were able to dispose this banking elite or at least put a leash on it were defeated by the other countries that were not capable at that time of politically defeating these, these forces that were at work. And uh, since that military defeat, we've more or less been on borrowed time uh, in the West, and, and now it's time to to uh, restart the attempt uh, to to start getting a political movement underway that can ensure our freedoms from this uh, banking ethnic elite that is uh, destroying our societies. It's slowly happening in Europe. You can see, I mean, every major country in Europe has a has a strong nationalist party now. I mean, the British National Party was founded in '82 with 500 members or so. Now it's got nearly 20,000 and growing. Uh, you have the uh, Front National in France is is the same. And uh, I, I remember the, 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 the them coming over to uh, London in, in the early 70s to see how we did it. Because at that time, in the 1970s, in Britain, we had the National Front, which was one of the largest nationalist parties in, in the whole of Europe at that time. And they came over to see how we were doing it. Now, they have a large organization in, in uh, France. Also, you have the Danish People's Party in Denmark. You have uh, a multitude of uh, strong, growing nationalist parties. Even the Freedom Party in Austria is, is part of the government. Um, but unfortunately, with these nationalist parties, as Alex will know, they seem to placate uh, certain Jewish interests, which I, I don't really care for, you know. 
Mm-hmm. It's hard with the way the laws are written. This is why even formal legal freedom is worth something. I mean, they, when you lose the formal legal freedom, then you, you have to almost become hypocritical in order to even operate within these countries, which is kind of the BNP's position. And try to and and anytime you got a wink and, and hint, then you're you're kind of mixing your message, and people aren't sure whether you're a fake or whether you mean what you say. So Americans take note and use what you've got now before it's gone. And and we encourage all Europeans to come to the U.S. and use our forum here, VNN Forum, and use VNN to get your your message out uh, unadulterated, uh, even if you have to use you know a pseudonym. But we can still speak freely here on sections of the internet in the U.S. Uh, even though that freedom's been lost other places. It's so, so insane, we, we, Alex. It's so insane that uh, uh, there's reports now that um, the, the government of Holland are going after posters who post on the Dutch section of Stormfront. That's how insane yeah. it's becoming now. Well, yeah, and, and like we last segment, we talked with Tomasz Winicki, who's a Polish immigrant to Canada, and they're going after him for comments he made on uh, VNN Forum talking about the colored crime in Toronto. And this is what it's come to, sort of a pre-global police state where they're, they're learning, learning to use, just as we're using the computer to communicate the facts about what's going on in our nations that the mainstream Jew-controlled media suppress, they are using international uh, the, the network to communicate among police forces to shut down anybody who criticizes the system. And it, it's kind of an ongoing battle. We need a lot more people on our side. Otherwise, the police state will simply grow stronger. That's right. Uh, you know, we're a firm I'm believer in that uh, growing the white media is is the solution, because uh, as Dr. Pierce said and believe, uh, we have to have an equal voice to the Jewish lies. We have to be mm-hmm. able to reach our people with that. So that's why you know we're we're glad you guys at BNN do all the stuff and like especially that great uh, DVD, uh, the line in the sand. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's brilliant. I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing like that that exists to show the uh, devastation of the, uh, the and the racial aspects of the immigration problem, you know, the open borders policy of the United States. We need to just continue to build that uh, to reach, you know, to reach um, our people, to get them to uh, come to our side. Because nobody is winning. There's all these people out there that, uh, that say they know the right way, right? They, they say you do, if you do our stuff or what we say mm-hmm. to do. Uh, then we'll succeed here and win. But nobody is winning. You know, there's not a single group. National Alliance, uh, you know, I don't, I don't care how much I like all these other groups, who, whoever they are, NSM, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Nobody has won or is winning anything. And, and I think that's and, right. And they're not going to because if the media is is able, the Jewish kike media is always able to smear them and their control in our government is, as we see, with probably, you know, Chertoff is the one who's responsible for getting Zinnel on it, you know, out. Probably Rudolph, too. Mm-hmm. They have this control, and if we can't reach our people to tell them, look, these are the guys pulling the strings here. This is this is bad. This is kike brainwashing that, that they've done to us here, hating our own white people, yeah. you know, and all this. We've got to reach them. Otherwise, you know, it doesn't matter if some guy got voted in, uh, you know, as governor of some state, and they said, hey, he's a, he's a national socialist, you know, he's a Nazi. He'd be out, you know. In one month, he'd be either have to resign, he'd quit. They'd come up with some garbage about he was a, a you know, a homosexual or, or whatever they could to smear the guy to get him out. So mm-hmm. that's why the media, we have to have media there to actually compete with their lives. Yeah, 
Well, I, I think what a, what a lot of people don't understand is they think if you refrain from cursing or if you dress a certain way, uh, they basically think that the reason we haven't gotten ahead is because of those reasons. But that is that is wrong. It's as you described the communist tactics that they use preclude democratic opposition because the minute that they sense and and they are hypersensitive to even innocent thoughts that they know will lead in a certain direction that will be against their interest, they will demonize you before you even know what you were. It's like angry white female that we had a couple of years ago writing for us uh, used to say they called her racist before she even knew that she was because they <laughs> saw where a certain path of logic would lead. And so you, there's no way to escape being demonized by these people. You have to either accept that or if you can't accept it, stay out of the battle and you know just write some checks and, and support it silently in the background. But you're going to be demonized and smeared. It doesn't matter how you dress. It doesn't matter what you say. And there might be other good reasons to dress properly and speak properly. Uh, it all depends on you know the time and the circumstances. But you have to understand this is a blood battle between people who are bent on winning and other people, some of whom think you know you can be nice or, or that it's a game. It's not a game. It, it's it's pure pure blood battle. And they will use any right. means to shut down everything and anything that might even disagree with them at some point in the future. So be bold. Why not? You have, you, you have nothing more to lose. Uh, they, they discount uh, what we're doing here. But uh, on the other hand, the mainstream media is, is discrediting itself more and more with these uh, insane policies that they're covering for. And as that happens, uh, people telling the truth, such as us, uh, win the credibility that they are losing, and once that shift happens, we'll have the high points, uh, the yeah. analysis, and whatnot uh, to to frame the situation in the correct light. Sure. And with that credibility comes a lot of other things uh, that that will help uh, swing things our way. And and look, their their TV and their radio station, or their their TV and their newspapers are losing ground. The newspapers constantly learn, lose circulation. The New York, or I think the LA Times just eliminated a section. Also, their TV loses the young white males because they're sick of being shown as wusses, basically. And and what what's going on is they're coming to the internet, and what they're doing is finding sites that tell them the truth, or even if if they don't recognize that it's the truth, it's something interesting and different from what they get in the uniform Jew-controlled press. And, and they like that. They, they they get sick of what's on TV. So we offer something different and new and exciting. And the more people in it, the merrier. And the better for us as a race. Yeah. And, and not only are they getting sick, well, I hope they're getting sick of what they see on TV. But not only that is they they're all, they should also be getting sick of what they get in universities and colleges. Because I was in an American college oh, yeah. recently, two years ago. And what a bunch of, you know, crap. They, they pour on the guilt to the white male. In all of those, any, nearly any course you take, they'll introduce how the white male is guilty of doing something, you know, of holding back mm -hmm. the blacks and, and mistreating women. And every single course that I took, I, I couldn't avoid at least, uh, you know, a week or two of that kind of guff. And, and as you, if you're sitting there as a white male, you might look around at, at each other and shake your head, go, what the hell is this? You know, this is just... Uh, trying to make us feel guilty. Yeah, they sure are. I see that a lot. Right. Well, Lee and James, I want to thank you uh, for being on the show tonight, and I want to direct our listeners to your website, arianmatters.com, and I recommend uh, your show for further listening, and um, keep up the good work. Great. Thank you, uh, lads. 
It's great being on. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks a lot. We really on. appreciate it. And that's uh, yeah, arianmatters.com, and you've got a number of shows up, and you're, you're taping new shows all the time, so it's exciting, and you get a, you get a first-hand glimpse of what's actually going on in Europe as well as within the U.S., and I know for a lot of American people, the more we can hear about what's going on in Europe firsthand rather than filter through the Jews at the BBC, we like it. So uh, great, and, and we hope that uh, as we have on people who are creating different and new shows, we hope that more of you out there will consider uh, creating your own shows, creating your own websites, creating your own newspapers, creating your own political party. All of this stuff in the last couple of years we've seen come about, right? Now you join in and, and you figure out where you fit in and what you can do, and join with us because this is the real fight, and this can give your life a real meaning that you're just not going to get working for those uh, goofy Republicans or the, or, the, or the other side of that party. It's bringing so much misery down on our people. So, you know, like we like to say, we are the good guys. News networks following VNN posters and Stormfront posters around in the D.C. area and hounding them in their hometown and their places of, of work and their living space. And this specifically due to their opinions that they express on forums such as VNN Forum and Stormfront. Now, we have one of these people who were harassed uh, in the studio tonight. Colonel, say hi. Hello, hello, audience. Yes, uh, could you Hi. give us a brief description of what exactly happened and who who was involved? Uh, sure. Um, uh, as I was returning from work uh, one weekday um, a few weeks ago, as I as I pulled into my driveway, I noticed uh, two unmarked SUVs that were um, happened to be sitting um, out out by my backyard. And um, as I was uh, coming to my uh, my back door to un unlock it, and uh, this woman just starts walking into my yard uninvited and um, starts telling me that she has she works in Washington and that's that's the only introduction she gave to me she didn't identify herself it, it could have been anybody and following her was a middle-aged man with a huge TV camera the kind you see on filming you know news events and he comes trolling behind her and she's asking me all these um, questions uh, one after the other the first one is are you Colonel Kurtz are you Colonel Kurtz and Immediately, I just I realized that these people are. This is just another uh, Jewish media ambush. I figured if if they had wanted an interview with me, they apparently have a an address and a name. Uh, they could have written me a letter and asked for an interview. I'd I'd be happy to uh, give them an interview. But it was obvious to me that they they would just wanted to ambush me and and try to make me out to be some kind of a radical extremist, and that I would fly off the handle and say something stupid to them, which which I didn't. Stick a camera in your face and see if they could get a, a, a some type of a shocked reaction. Right. They, that's what they just they just want to per, you know provoke a reaction so they can they can put that on the news and say, look how stupid these these uh, you know these haters you know these alleged you know haters you know the, 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 the typical Jewish ambush TV ambush. It's, it's nothing new about it. Well, I, I entered my house and I, I pretty much waited for them to leave. And um, as they were leaving, uh, I exited my house with my own camera and uh, followed them down the street. And uh, they happened to stop stop their vehicles um, outside of in, in front of one of my neighbors' homes, which which kind of infuriated me to an extent because they I, I'd imagine that they just want to uh, rile up the neighbors and and get them into an extreme alarm position regarding a presence of a dangerous Nazi in the neighborhood. However, uh, I've lived in this neighborhood for over 40 years, so I predate some of the, the neighbors that are new around here. So 
I really have no worries myself. These reporters, at one point, uh, I told them that I would have given them an interview if they had contacted me ahead of time. I would have set aside my schedule for, for an interview with these people. And the cameraman speaks up and he says, uh, well, we're giving you an opportunity now to present your your views. And I thought to myself, which I, I, and I should have said out loud, you know, it won't be long before we'll be giving you an opportunity to present your views. In other words, it won't be long before people will, will not be, you know, relying on these these mainstream TV stations for, for their for truthful news. More and more more and more white people are relying on internet internet mm-hmm. websites uh, for the for the real news. And that, that was that the thought that was crossing my mind was in you know it won't be long before you'll have to justify you know this kind of uh, ambush on me uh, in the future. You know, we'll be giving you an opportunity to explain yourself instead of the, you know what you're trying to do to me today. Okay, so did this come out? Was this then on the evening news, uh, or or how did, how was it presented? Who else? I also heard someone else was uh, ambushed. Yeah, there was a a local uh, lawyer, uh, a young young lawyer. Uh, who, who happens to post on Stormfront quite a bit, and I, got, I don't know how these um, these these people got you know got me included in this Stormfront thing because um, frankly my posts are not even uh, are deleted as soon as I make them on Stormfront. But uh, uh, the camera crew had no luck with um, this, this this young young lawyer. Oh, okay. and um, I understand that um, according to Jim Crow, uh, he posted uh, something on the VNN forum uh, that the, the segment aired on. Um, a local um, a TV station, WTTG, Fox News, it must have happened about maybe 9 o'clock at night. But neither I nor um, the local uh, a lawyer who they, who they you know, tried to uh, ambush also, neither, neither one of us saw the, saw the segment. So I really can't comment on what was, what was shown to the public. Okay, well, yeah, that would be very interesting if it was, I guess, the least this uh, uh, TV station could do would be supply you with a copy of the interview. Um, but... Yeah, I may look, I may look into it at some point. Um, right now, I'm just too busy with other projects. Yeah. Well, this was not related well, to the is... uh, the rally up in New York. No, not at all. Okay, they're just trying okay. to out a Nazi and make some, yeah, make pretty some much. Uh, it's uh, just uh, I guess ratings game or something. Uh, following on the heels of the the Prussian Blue uh, interviews out in uh, California. Yeah. Okay. Not much. Not much really came of it. Um, I haven't found one person yet who has mentioned that they you know <laughs> that they saw the segment. On Fox yeah. News, so it wasn't very effective now, uh, on you, their, from their standpoint. Do you do any activism though in public? Oh uh, yeah, we had a uh, we had a um, little um, free speech exercise yesterday. It was our uh, fifth free speech exercise in Annapolis. Uh, Excellent. Why don't you describe? Oh, that? it was um, it was very effective, and um, I wish I could uh, show show that you know your view, uh, listeners how effective uh, these these kinds of things can be if if it's done right. Who, who, who's we? Who put it? Who put it on? And who called it together? And, and what was it? Well, there was a. It, it was actually an, uh, the brainstorm of a um, of an attorney uh, out in Frederick, Maryland, and um, that's about uh, thirty miles outside of D.C. Right. 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 That's right. Thirty miles. About thirty miles northwest. And uh, he's he is uh, racially and uh, racially aware and Jew Jew wise. And uh, he really had a brilliant idea, which we're going to follow through on. Uh, we have we already have plans for next year, but. In the meantime, we, we will probably have some more um, what we call free speech exercises. They're not – we really can't call them dem- demonstrations per se because there's no, no demonstration permits involved. There's no contacting the authorities. Uh, there's no uh, police cordons. There's no uh, 
riffraff to throw stones at us or yell at us or what have you that, that you'll find at the typical uh, typical white nationalist demonstration. But uh, it was our fifth demonstration, in the last for this year, and um, it went off without a hitch. We, uh, we, we were able to get our message right directly to um, almost 4,000 uh, marching midshipmen who were uh, mar marching past us in Annapolis uh, on their way to the, uh, the Navy, um, Navy home football game against Temple yesterday. Can, can you give What's the name up, uh, of the people or, or the website involved and, and what exactly the, the details of this, or is, is, that, is that private? It's, it's, it's pretty much a local thing, a local operation. Um, uh, we, we, invite, we, we attempt to invite uh, anybody who's interested, uh, and I provide an email address on BNN Forum, who, you know, who to contact, contact information. And um, it's basically open to uh, you know, any serious white nationalist who uh, doesn't need even to uh, make any signs or give any speeches. Or, In fact, we, we stand silently and let, let the midshipmen read, basically read, uh, read the message from our T-shirts. It says it all. And I'd really I'd, uh, like to recommend this just about anywhere. Uh, signs are not needed to be made. If, if you want to get together with a, a, a group of fellows and get a message out, have somebody print print your message on a t-shirt and just walk down the street somewhere even any place where there's a crowd of people who can read your t-shirts uh, we found okay. that so what, yeah, what we, you do is get together a group of guys w wearing t-shirts bearing the same message or similar messages and a right. as a group you go to a certain place where you know there's going to be a crowd of people so that you can get the message out there and your arms are free to combat anybody who attacks you but they don't attack you because you haven't dealt with the cops and had the whole pre-set up to where they know what's going on so it seems That's like right, a very exactly. neat little sort of mini flash mob type assembly almost. And, and maybe, maybe you know, I, I've often written that I think we need to get, although the rallies are good where you negotiate with the cops and you set stuff up, it's also good just to simply exercise your rights. Because after all, those rights shouldn't be conditioned on cops determining the circumstances in which they're exercised. And when they do that, what cops do is they take down everybody's ID and they photograph them and retinal scan them. And then they uh, they pr don't allow you any kind of self-defense weapons, and they don't allow you any electronic gear. So they really condition it to the point where they're interfering with your speech effectively. Whereas this sort of thing, which is maybe a little bit lower key, m may be just as effective and can be done much more right. quickly and at a lower cost. Now, what's so this, this is something what's that, and, and what he's saying here is you can go to VNN Forum mm -hmm. and, and look up Colonel Kurtz and get in contact with him if you're in the Annapolis or the the Virginia, Maryland area, D.C. area, and you'd like to participate in one of these next year. They did a bunch this year, and they're going to do a bunch more next year. So we encourage locals out there to get involved. Yeah, now what's a typical uh, slo saying or slogan on one of these shirts? Um, that I've um, uploaded um, a photograph of the T-shirt that we used um, this fall, um, and that, that particular T-shirt is um, actually has a uh, an image of... Um, a jet flying into the Twin Towers, and with the caption, is Israel worth it? And uh, the reactions that we got from these 4,000 midshipmen ranged all the way from um, one of them saying, nuke Israel, to uh, to a whole uh, company at, all at one time marching past us, and the whole company w would be uh, would be yelling, Israel, Israel, Israel. So we, we get the gamut. We, we get the gamut of reactions. And uh, it forces these midshipmen to, uh, you know, to think about it, and obviously they they do because um, we've it, it raises the issue in a subtle way, but a, but a very thought thoughtful way, a thought thought provoking way. Is Israel worth it? Do you want to give your life for Israel? Yeah, it's just a question. I sure wouldn't. Yeah, it's a question for the for them to consider. 
because I'm sure in their in their classrooms they, they're only provide they're only shown one you know one version of of how they should respond to these these wars that you know we have to, we have these days and the Iraqi war in particular. I'm but just it, guessing there that, that I'm guessing that pro Israel contingent wasn't wearing yarmulkes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of those Jew boys out there defending us. They're 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 more the instigators of these wars that they never fight. What it's, a loathsome people! Like I say, it's very interesting to um, to stand just stand there at at ease and and not say a word and just record. We have we have videotapes of of the last three demonstrations now. The last the last three um, free speech exercises we call them. Sure. And, um, and um, that's that's part of you know the success that we have is. Is getting our message directly to the people we intend to get our message to. Whereas, whereas you know, the people of the United States have a First Amendment right to free speech. Uh, a lot of these uh, rallies that that get that put on, and like the Kingston rally, for instance, the message is kept away from the people who need it. Exactly. The participants, the, the people who go to the, these rallies, they're allowed to speak, but the authorities keep the. Uh, in, uh, try to you know force force the, the people who need the message to stay home, and that's exactly what happened um, in Kingston. And uh, and uh, they liter they literally physically keep them at a distance, or they tell people who are not specifically members of the group demonstrating that oh no, you're not allowed to attend this unless you're a member. So they they make it look like the group is smaller than it is, and they prevent it from using any amplification. And they fly helicopters over the head, and they position sharpshooters, and they do everything to seal these people off like a plague bacillus from the very public that they're trying to contact. So you have to come up with ways to get around the cops. Now, That's cops right. are highly intelligent on average, but there are ways still that you can beat them, and this is one of them. This is just its so simple, and it's so effective. Um, we, we've had no, absolutely no, no hassles, no problems whatsoever. And like I say, we did it, we did it five times, and we're able to get get a message, repeat the same message, and basically I think it, it, it's, it's sunk home to a lot of these midshipmen now. Like I say, we, we've had we've had uh, one yesterday say, yeah, that's a very good question. Yeah, that's in regards, good. In regards to our T-shirt. Do you get any crowd reactions? Uh, actually, we haven't. That, that's probably our next step. You know, we're, we're considering actually just maybe uh, walking around the mall in Washington, D.C., Maybe even you know uh, making a visit to the Holocaust Museum. You know that would be that would be interesting. Well, you know what? I'll I'll tell you. I've been with people wearing that that uh, shirt with that message on, and there were maybe a couple double takes, but no one really says anything. People don't like Israel generally. I mean, at least maybe maybe you'll get maybe thirty forty percent of the people who are uh, brainwashed Christians who support Israel, but at least fifty sixty percent of the people think Israel is utter scum, in my opinion. I may be off a little, but I mean, if you don't think that there's a huge body of people in America that hates Israel and recognize that it's using us, I mean, that's just a simple fact. It's just that you can't get that message out over the airwaves because they call you an anti-Semite. But underground, man, we got the grassroots. People hate Israel. And it, Israel is hateable. And yeah, I, I think uh, having the courage to wear these and walk around, I mean, what the hell? It's our country, too. Right, our balls need room, man. With all these espionage uh, cases breaking, uh, Pollard for for one, and and the sinking of the USS Liberty. So anybody who's look, willing to look to the facts will will see that you know our uh, admiration or, or of Israel is is more or less a media inspired hoax. Yeah, yeah, that's right. These these T-shirts, I mean, uh, can you know can be worn you know by anybody anywhere in 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 the in the country and. What makes it effective is is the fact that more than one person wears it. If if one person would wear one you know one of these T-shirts uh, in public, 
uh, it would be easy for the public at large to, to look at this guy and say, oh, oh, look, a lone kook, a loner. Mm-hmm. You know, his opinion doesn't count because he's just one guy wearing a, a kooky T-shirt doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. But yeah. whereas, whereas if you have, you know, at least half a dozen guys, maybe a dozen, you know, a dozen more, whatever, wearing the same T-shirts, well, then it, it presents a different, uh, you know, a different array to, to, to the public, you know, something for them to, to think about because you just can't, they just can't brush you off. As, right. as, a lone, as a lone idiot, as a lone kook. Right. Well, this is a, a psychological effect that more or less delineates the individualist versus the collective uh, dilemma within our society at large. The mass media is more or less intent on keeping whites individuals, but the moment we, we turn collective, we'll be a force to be reckoned with. And it's not something that they can brush off as individual kooks. Yeah, they have to use every means at their disposal to prevent us from realizing that we are a group and fighting to defend our interests. At that moment, the game's over. So it must always be hate. Whenever two white people gather, it's hate, it's hate, it's hate. It's a potential conspiracy against the system. Mm-hmm. So this is a, sounds like to me a very thoughtful and creative way of uh, dealing with some of the problems that we have. And I'd like to see a lot of other people take this up. I would too. I, I recommend it. Um, having been to um, several, you know, many, many demonstrate many of these um, white nationalist demonstrations myself, um, and seeing, you know, seeing how they work. Uh, I have nothing against them. It's just that the authorities now now have us have a system where it it, it just um, it makes it ineffective and it makes it a, a pain in the butt when when they you know they put you through these search lines now and uh, get your ID, record your ID, your wallet and completely making a full search of your of your body and and uh, it's just it they make it so that it's it's really hardly worth it to gather like that uh, yeah the, and that and that i mean putting exactly sight right. on rooftops what what is that yeah they act like you they after they disarm you you see this this what he's saying is exactly right this is what we saw at topeka and, and last year what they see you know they saw at kingston and what they see in toledo they disarm you. They go through all your stuff. Stuff they don't. They don't do that to the antis who show up to heckle you and throw stuff at you. Right. They don't check them at all. They only check you. And then what they do is they march you into a little tiny area that's on the wrong day and in the wrong place from what you wanted. And then they position snipers pointing in at you like you're the fucking problem after they've disarmed you. So it looks good for the cameras like you're the bad guy. Well, Everything have... possible is done to disaccommodate you. And to literally leave you open to being murdered. Well, you have, at, at best, you, have you come to off the bad guy in the media. At worst, you're murdered by these clowns. You have to thank Hal Turner in part for for their, their, uh, the way they search uh, these these white guys that you know attend these things because before the before the rally, uh, Hal Turner said that you know he was going to have 50 caliber snipers. And so uh, yeah, I guess so. If you're the pol- if you're the in, in police and if you're in law enforcement, you're going to be checking people to see if they if they're you know. Harboring 50 caliber uh, rifles. Yeah, you have to put part of the blame on 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 Turner for that for you know and uh, stirring up things unnecessarily. Uh, I guess, yeah, but, but I mean, did, they did when when we went to Topeka for versus Brown versus Board of Education, they did the same thing, and and we specifically, you know, nobody said anything like that. I mean, they like you said, they have it down to a system that that they know will yeah. render us physically impotent to fight back. And that they also know will make us look like the bad guys to the media. So we have to right. get smarter than the, than the damn cops in the system. We have to continually evolve. The tactics and strategies have to evolve as, as our opponents evolve. 
And a lot of that means right. doing well, things that are more or less ad hoc or in the spur of the moment. Right. Well, if you look at it objectively, they're taking the demonstrators hostage by disarming them and and the the demonstrators actually end up identifying with the police because that's their sole means of protection at that moment. So it it's a I think it's it really is a way of having the the demonstrators identify with the police who are more or less taking them hostage. Stockholm syndrome. Yep. They they really are offensive about that the way they go through your through everything that you hold and have and don't allow you any anything and just treat you really like you're an infectious agent which to the system you are because the simple claim that whites are a people with their own rights who want to live among themselves is very threatening to the system which relies on their tax money. The parasite doesn't want the host waking up to the fact that it's there because the host is going to crush the parasite. And there's a hell of a lot of parasites in the American hide right now. Yeah, well, Jane, unfortunately, is under is traveling right now, so we won't get the firsthand. Well, actually, he left a, a voicemail about the Kingston rally, but Stan just uh, typed in here, they threw away a woman's toothbrush uh, at the Kingston processing uh, area. So uh, and you could poke an eye out with that thing, Aegis. <laughs> a shank. It was a shank in the form yeah. of a toothbrush. Yeah, that's it's it's yeah. going to extreme now. It, and during the days of the uh, of the Washington D.C. demonstrations organized by Billy Roper. Uh, there, there were no body searches. There were no wallet checks or things confiscated like that. Um, now, as you can see, the, you know, the authorities are going to extremes now to, to make these make these rallies just you know un unproductive and and just a, a hassle you know for the people who want to go. Well, Colonel, I want to thank you for being on the show tonight. I would like to get a copy of uh, of one of these videos and um, send them out via video cast. Uh, to to our feed subscribers. So uh, if you could send maybe Stan a copy, uh, we we'll get it out there. Yeah, I will be doing that. I have to uh, I have to purchase a little DVD uh, a DVD burner. Uh, as soon as I get that installed, I'll, I can I can make some copies. Okay. Hey, let, let me let me jump in here with a remark and thanks to Colonel Kurtz for uh, getting on here and telling us a little about what's uh, what's going on and you see just how almost Soviet this country is becoming in terms of its utter fear of anything that divorces from the line and the agenda, okay? Um, so some of you people, get on out there. we got some incredibly cheap video cameras these days in these stores. And start making tapes of black people acting like monkeys. And, you know, since they do that at least a good 80 to 90% of the time, that's not hard. You take some photos of this stuff. You take some photos of it could be anything as long as it's interesting and it pertains to... To, to the racial breakdown of America, send it in and we will get it up. We've got the technical expertise to help you uh, create some new and compelling media and people want to know that, that we need the video content. That's what I'm trying to say. So, right. See, seeing is believing. Yeah, and I, I mean, come on, what can be easier? It's easier than writing to tape something, something interesting. Maybe, maybe tell us a little story. Maybe narrate on camera about your little corner of the world. Maybe it's southern Florida. Maybe it's northern Alaska. I don't know. But I don't get to those places very often. It's very interesting to me in the same way it's interesting to hear about England. I want to hear about parts of the U.S. that I don't get to maybe once a decade. What's going on there? What's the scene? This is what we need. This is what makes a network. And uh, video and video with narration, I mean, nothing's better than that. Okay. Uh, Colonel, if you have a, a few last words. On, uh... Well, I encourage all serious uh, white nationalists to, to get out from behind the, the keyboard every once in a while and get some fresh air and uh, 
it's a great time to um, you know get together with some of your comrades and, and get something done, even if it's just something that's um, not a very high profile thing like like what we did. It's it's non confrontational and uh, but it, it it's great. And you know afterwards you can you can hang out and have lunch and uh, brainstorm like we did and uh, come up with some some great ideas. We we will be coming up you know within you know within our little circle of of uh, trusted comrades here. Uh, we'll be coming up with some 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 more new ideas because of this, and uh, we we encourage everybody to you know, try the same thing in your area. All activism is going to be local anyway. That's exactly right. As as the former head of the House, Tip O'Neill, said, all politics is local, and this is a good example of guys who've uh, done some activism and gotten to know each other and trust each other, and and that's where it starts. It has to come from the grassroots. Oh. And, Develop and what, something what in your did, area that's like what they're doing. You know Go what ahead. we did. Only needed a half a dozen of us to get to get the message out, and uh, we we got the the attention of all of these midshipmen, all of them. Like I said, you don't need you know, 50, 100, 200 uh, activists out on the street to to get a message across. We were able with only you know with only a handful of men to get our message directly to the people we wanted to get to. And so there's 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 ways to get things done, different ways. And uh, we 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 figured uh, we yeah. look forward we we look forward to doing this next year. We're already making plans. That's excellent. Very you efficiently, <laughs> you very efficiently put in in some of these kids' head, no doubt for the first time, the idea that there is another side to the Israel debate. It's all they're probably right. hearing is Israel is our number one friend, our lone democratic right. ally in a sea of Muslim hostility. Well, all of a sudden, here's a group of normal-looking white guys who're saying, "Hey, man, there's a completely other side." They don't have to say one word beyond that. The kid will start thinking about it and figuring it out. Exactly. And that's good. It's good exactly. activism. It's just like so, planting uh, a seed. Really, it's, it's all you can. It's all we can do. Just, exactly. Just plant a seed of doubt exactly. and, and let let the students, uh, and, you know, investigate for themselves. And his experience will fill in the gaps. He'll, he'll come to look at things just a little bit differently, and he'll start questioning, perhaps, for the first time. Right. You know, why are we in this war? Is this really worth risking right. my life over? How am I defending America by killing Iraqis who didn't attack us? Some of these us? young, you know. Some of these young men and women that are, you know, in, in these uh, service academies, you know, some of them maybe just need to see a few, you know, uh, a, a different opinion out there, and, and that's what we give them, a, a different, a different, a different outlook, and let them decide, you know. But some of these people are, are probably under the under the um, impression that uh, 100% of the public is is pro, you know, pro war, pro Iraqi, pro Zionist, you know, intervention and in everything you know, global. Global Zionist intervention and everything, you know. So for them to see just a few normal-looking, you know, white men standing on the on the street and behaving themselves and acting honorably, it it really it really uh, puts a little spark in you know in their minds. And like I say, I, I encourage everybody. To, I really encourage you know anybody listening to to do the same thing. It's it's easy. It's it's just it's really a piece of cake. Well, uh, well, Colonel Kurtz, I'm going to let that be the last word for today's Goy Fire, and we want to thank you a lot for coming on this show, and, and I second your call to ordinary white people just like us here at Goy Fire to get involved and do what you can, and you think about your own circumstances, your knowledge, your resources, your position in life, and you do what seems to you the best thing to do. You don't need to do any more, and you shouldn't do any less than that. Remember, we are the good guys. We'll see you next week on Goy Fire. Yes, and uh, we need to get more listeners, uh, get more people tuned to vnnforum.com. As always, uh, 
We're bringing you the news that they won't. Till next time, America, this is Aegis wishing you the best of goodbyes. Goy Fire is a production of the Vanguard News Network. Music by Black Adam. Contact Goy Fire by email. Info at GoyFire.com. The Aryan Alternative. News and views for whites you won't find anywhere else. The Aryan Alternative is a print publication of uncensored news for whites. Be the first in your neighborhood to distribute news without the Jews by ordering 100 copies for $12 through the Vanguard News Network. Visit GoVNN.com for ordering information. The Aryan Alternative and the Vanguard News Network. No Jews, just right. Live chat. 24-7. IRC or Java. Pick your poison. Right racialist. Intercourse. Live and online. VNN Live. That's right. Live chat for VNN. VNN.MINE.NU. 1488-join. Number VNN. And for you Java folks, HTTP colon double slash vnn dot mine dot nu colon 88 slash vnn live antis need not apply come get some vanguard radio for the precious eight percent